Hello and welcome back to the Arc of E podcast. My name is Noah and once again I'm joined by a very special guest. I, I guess it's not as special because it's becoming kind of regular occurrence. Hey now! Uh, Mr. So- it's still very special to me. I'm just, you know, I don't know if I can continue to put special guest on every episode. If you know, that's fair. We've just had a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> lots and lots of time. So uh, here we are. Mr. Sunshine Mayfield is back on the podcast. Hello, uh, want, once again. again. Yeah, yeah. Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you back. To talk about Hopefully things everybody that, you know, checked out. We can our, do with uh, all those time. With all this time, you know. Yes, absolutely. Uh, hopefully everybody checked out our uh, suggestions for movies that should be rebooted for TV. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed some of those pitches. I haven't heard any feedback yet. I know people are busy and have a lot of other things on their mind. But, you know, if you do have any thoughts, again, thearchivy at gmail.com. Let us know. We'll read those on the show. Uh, but today, just a little bit more laid back, a little more casual ep, Uh I didn't approach mine as a straight up top five for these lists. Uh, this is just kind of this is a, a quarantine recommendation episode more than anything else. We did five for movies and five for TV. Tried to stick to things that are pretty readily available for most people. Uh, so, where where do you want to start? Again, I don't have mine ordered. I just kind of I'll throw them at you as they as they appear. Oh, I've got so, mine ordered cuz I take this seriously, Noah. This isn't a game. Okay. I mean, I can I can rank them on the fly, but I'll explain my reasoning behind all of my picks, okay. of course. Uh, we did talk TV or excuse me, movies to TV last time, so maybe we go TV and then movies this time? Sure, that sounds great. Okay. Uh, and as the guest, I will let you kick things off and you can maybe talk us through your thought process, you know. I'm sure in some ways, we can go like, hey, you just want to laugh. You want to escape. I'm sure there's some of those picks. Uh, I personally did try to avoid more heavy topics and stuff. I stayed away from dramas in general as far as TV went. But uh, what's your what's your number five? Oh, I did not stay away from comedies and or from dramas. Um, but my TV ends up being probably a little more lighthearted for the most part. My number five okay. is a little thing that you can stream on Facebook Watch, which if you got Facebook, you got it. Uh, yeah, which is most Americans, I imagine. Uh, what I typically did to, to rate mine and rank mine is I, I kind of went through the things that I had highly rated on IMDb and then just saw what had a really low voting record, um, mm-hmm. as in like had you know not a lot of people had voted on it or given it a score. And so this show only had 800 votes on IMDb, which is an incredibly small number when you think about all the people that rate on there. Um, and it's a little dumb comedy that's making fun of all the the little reality shows out there called The Real Bros of Simi Valley, given to Which, us by Jimmy Tatro and his team. Yes. You'll know him, and we've talked about it on the podcast before. Many, um, many times. Of yes. just, um, you know, the same guys who brought you The Life According to Jimmy, the YouTube's, uh development puts together the shows. It's clever, it's witty, it's very dumb. But it's dumb in a way that is intelligently making fun of um, the the reality shows of uh, the real wives and the you know basketball moms and um, all the different things that are out there. And so it just does it really well. And it's dumb and it's funny and I like it. So the real bros of Simi Valley, watch it on Facebook. Watch it's a great thing to binge right now because it's only like what you know eighteen episodes. We're, we're in the midst 20. of yeah, we're in the midst of season three right now, which right. is incredible. It it continues to get better and better in my opinion because they keep kinda just they keep taking off gloves that you didn't even know they were wearing and it continues to get crazier and crazier, which I, I love. It's more meta than it's ever been, which is fantastic. Um you're in the midst of an episode, so I won't ruin one of my favorite jokes so far. We'll talk about it after you finish it. But, yeah, they've got, I think, four more uh, for the rest of the season. comes out every Friday, and it is definitely a treat in these trying times. A, a great just turn off your brain and enjoy it. But, again, an in, such intelligence to the absurdity and the dumbness. I, I love it. One of my favorite shows on TV right now as Absolutely. well. Uh, um, and I believe you still have to go over to YouTube to catch the first season, if I'm not mistaken. You do. First season is on YouTube for free, as is uh, second and third season on Facebook. Watch for yes. free. So go binge Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Okay. Um, if if we're 
if you're making me put them in some kind of order, I'm going to do this on the fly. I am making you uh, put it in some kind of order, Noah. What's that? It's the top five segment. It's not the, like, kind of five segment. My number five is on Netflix. I assume most people have Netflix. Uh, And it's a little show called Nailed It. Are you familiar with Nailed It? Nailed It. I am. It's a fun little baking show. It's a good little time. awesome baking show hosted by Miss Nicole Byer. Who's hilarious. uh, And Jacques Touré, who is a dessert expert, a French bakery expert. Um, And their dynamic is fantastic, but you got new guests in there all the time. I... I had seen the show pop up on my Netflix for a while, but I didn't actually bother to check it out until after I had heard Nicole Byer on several podcasts, was reminded that, like, oh, I really liked her when she was on Girl Code and Guy Code back in the day, which I did watch, I'll admit to that. Um, and then, basically, peripherally, like, Jason Manzukis, who's on How Did This Get Made, had mentioned being on the show. Uh, I think Adam Scott mentioned it at one point, or that he just enjoyed it over on the, the Ackerman side of things. Uh, and eventually I was just like, let me throw this on. Luckily, the girlfriend, Veronica, she absolutely loved it as well. And we just got we got hooked into it. And it is so fun. It's just amateur bakers trying to make really, really gorgeous looking cakes and pastries, etc. And failing miserably. But it's all in good fun. And it's just, it's a blast. They've been on for, I think season four is about to drop this week, if I'm not mistaken. So that's part of why I'm shouting it out. Uh, and then there's some holiday specials in there as well. And then there is, like, Nailed It International as well. I know they've done it in, I believe, Mexico as well. I think there's, like, a German version of Nailed It. Um, but, yeah, start start with the OG, and I, I think you'll enjoy it. It's good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, Nailed nice, It, which is on Netflix. Nice pick. Nice pick. Um, my number four comes from 2010, 10,000 votes on IMDb. It's available on Hulu. It is... A show about an ex-cop and a recovering alcoholic named Hank who partners with his best friend slash former criminal in an unlicensed private investigation business. It came out around the time that like Psych and um, Monk and Burn Notice and all that stuff was kind of out and about but this was on FX and it's Is this with, a single season show? It is one season. Is this Terriers? It is Terriers. I've um, still never watched it. Maybe yeah, this man. is the perfect time to to do so. It's only thirteen episodes, and it's um it's fun. You know, it's just it's a it's a you know gotcha crime that you like. It's got the drama that you like, but it's also just splashed with several bits of comedy. And so, as we're talking about shows you probably haven't seen, I feel like most people have seen shows like Psych. If you haven't, that's totally recommended. Um, but it's 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 available on Hulu, and it's totally worth watching. Thirteen episodes, um, you can crush through that in no time. Absolutely. Um, I'll give a shout out from my mom. That is one of her favorite shows ever. And she constantly asked me, like, do you think they'll ever do anything with that now that, like, stuff gets brought back? And I'm like, I don't know, mom. It, like, it could happen. But, uh, of course, it's on Hulu newly with the FX on Hulu thing. Which Correct. I love that they brought over even their classic catalog of stuff that, like, is maybe kind of lost to time a little bit. Um, I'm also thinking of a show called Thief with Andre Brower, which I followed on FX that never really went anywhere. I think it's a single season as well. Maybe two. Um, Mae Whitman is his daughter, I believe. Estranged daughter. And, uh, Who doesn't love Mae He's May still like, trying to pull off scores and stuff. Uh, yeah. Vague, vague memories of the show, but I remember liking it. I mean, Andre Brower always kills it. So, um, yeah, I'll recommend that one as well. Not not actually on my top five, but that's a, that's a bonus for everybody. Go check out Terriers and Thief. Those were right around the same era of FX. Kind of post-shield, in the midst of Rescue Me and Nip Tuck, kind of maybe being towards it, the end of its run, if I remember correctly. Mm. Um, but before they had, I mean, fully established themselves as one of the most respected cable networks there is right now. Um, their slate is just incredible. So if you are a Hulu subscriber, uh, you have an ocean of shows to uh, to wade through. So go check out FX. You know who works a bunch? Who's that? Mae Whitman. Yeah. She's, like, she's always around. It's nonstop catalog pumping out. She's on shows all the time. Not to mention she voiced uh, Katara in Avatar The Last Airbender. But other than that, like she oh. does TV stuff all the time. Um, so yeah. good for her for just consistently pumping out. Hanging in there. Yeah, and just working. Good for you, Mae Whitman. Yes. Good job, Anne. Um, yeah. Okay. 
All right. Time for your number yeah, number 4. I just I just gave my number Excuse 4. Me. Your, Excuse me. So it's time for your my number, number 4. That's right. Okay, and I've just got to decide what that is, correct? Um, I'm going to go with a quick one. I've mentioned it uh, a good bit in the last year or so. The Naked Director, which is on Netflix. Uh, This is more like you've been in quarantine for like two weeks, and you're like, you know, I need something different. I need a different vibe. Uh, This is a... A, a dramedy I, I hesitate to put it in any genre because like a lot of more international fare it's kind of a bunch of genres all at once but it is about the kind of burgeoning Japanese porn industry in the late 70s into the 80s how it evolves and changes and it's centered on one man who kind of revolutionized the genre uh, it's not going to be for everybody it may not be something you want to watch in a group if you're in a you know a family style quarantine might be a little awkward uh, yeah but if it's just you or just you and your partner and they're pretty open-minded, I highly recommend it. It's one of the more entertaining and fascinating shows I've seen in recent memory. It is getting a season two. I don't know if production is going to be delayed. I think they were in the midst of working on it like right now uh, for a fall release. So who knows if we'll see that anytime soon. But for now, first season, I believe is it's either eight or ten episodes varying lengths uh so you can breeze through it pretty quickly but it's one of those you can kind of take your time with as well and mix it into your viewing schedule but if you need something a little off the beaten path a little more salacious or out there i highly recommend the naked director on netflix all right something worth checking out you want to talk about off the beaten path you want to talk about out there let's go to my number three (laughs) shall we with Absolutely. only 5,000 votes on IMDb, this is one that is streaming on Amazon Prime, but they would never tell you it is streaming on Amazon Prime. It's uh, one of our favorites, Noah. Uh, it's not fun. It's not happy. <laughs> it's not the comedy you need. But if you're looking for something that's a little bit out there that you can just really immerse yourself in, we're talking 2019's Too Old to Die Young. My um, favorite show of last year. Uh, if you can even call it a TV show, 100% agree. And yeah, a tough sell maybe in other circumstances, but like, yeah, just dive in, disappear into the the griminess and the, yeah. That crime, noir, thriller. It's, I mean, it's very much Nicholas Winding Refn, right? Like, it is NWR at its core. And so if that's mm-hmm. a vibe that you dig, that's a show you're going to dig. If it's a vibe you don't dig... Yeah, maybe watch the first episode and get a get a taste for it and see if you like it. Um, the, and if you the don't, one thing it does have on its side is the uh, what did we end up at? 13, 14 hours. I mean, it is you're gonna kill some time with this show. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. Yeah, thirteen hours and ten episodes. Right. So like some some long ones out there. So um, yeah, that's my number three. But, like, watch the trailer and get know what you're getting into, you know? Yeah, we, I mean, we did a whole podcast on it. Uh, check that out over on the, T, I think we put it on the TV arc and on the movie arc feed, I forget. Uh, but you can go check out that episode where you and I talked about it for about two hours. And we, we do go into a good bit of spoilers, but I think the first chunk of that would at least let you know, like, hey, maybe the show's for me, maybe it would sell you on it a bit more, or maybe not. But, uh... Yeah, not for the faint of heart, we can say that. If you're if you're not in the mood to feel like a little grossed out and depressed and like just kind of, you know, at odds with the, the state of humanity, probably don't want to watch that show right now. But um, Yeah, really just I really still try to have an understanding it. of where you are emotionally before you go into it. Um, mm-hmm. and just know that, that you know, if you're in a happy state, you will not leave that series in one. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I, I think I love how everything wraps out, not to spoil anything, and I do think it's ultimately pretty hopeful and awesome where it where it goes, but you do have to go through a lot of shit to get there. And yeah. It's not all pretty or fun, but it's it is a hundred percent NWR, unfiltered. So if you're down for that, uh check it out. Uh and it is on Amazon, as we said, even though you have to direct search it because they, they don't want you to know it's on there. That should be the ultimate selling point for that show is like it's so good Amazon doesn't even want to tell you about it. Yeah. They're just not happy with uh with great cinema in a television world, you know. 
yeah, I don't know uh, if that some makes have any said, sense. Okay, we, I've put this off a bit because Gavin hasn't been on the show yet. He's coming soon. He's We're going to get back together, I promise, guys. Uh, but we're going to talk 000, which is available on Amazon Prime as well, which very much, even as heavy as that show is and as bleak and dark, etc., it feels more like what the what Amazon probably wanted out of Too Old to Die Young in terms of a more approachable tone. Uh, but still well, then don't very, hire in WR. We ate my point exactly. And of course we know there was a shift, like there was a changeover in management uh, prior to the release of that show. I think that's part of why it got a little screwed over is it was greenlit by somebody who was no longer with Amazon, but it had already gone into production. Probably cost a lot more than they thought it was going to. I don't know, but it's, it's had a long road to hoe. And it of course came out in one of the best years for television in recent memory and kind of got lost in the shuffle. I, f- I feel like, unfortunately, so Now's a good time to catch up on it, for sure. Um, where do we want to go? Um, I'm going st- to stick with Netflix. Um, and I'm staying in the the half-hour kind of comedy vein. This is something with a lot of episodes that you can just kind of have on in the background. Just a nice companion during your quarantine. Uh, I'm referring to Comedy Bang Bang, the TV show. It's all available on Netflix right now. Uh over five or five seasons, but one of those seasons is basically like a double season. So it, there's there's a lot of content here. Comedy Bang Bang is hosted by Mr. Scott Ackerman in the early days, uh, co-hosted by Mr. Reggie Watts, who was the the band leader, if you will. You also get Kid Cudi on there, who takes over for some of the musician duties around season four, um, and then Weird Al Yankovic comes in as well. Crazy guests throughout. One of the, if you've never seen or listened to the podcast, it's essentially an improv talk show. Uh, everything is pretty much off the cuff. Very little is planned in terms of the guest interview, and then there is a grander narrative going on behind the scenes, essentially, in each episode. It is fantastic. It's a particular brand of comedy that may not be for you, but you would know within the first couple episodes. Uh, again, tons of great like celebrity guests, so you can kind of just scroll through and pick somebody that you like and you're familiar with and maybe let them be your your entree into the show itself. But I love it. It started as a podcast, became a TV show. Now it's back to just being a podcast. But we do have five seasons of comedy greatness for Mr. Scott Ackerman and company. And I highly recommend that you check it out. It's called Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, was on the IFC network and is now available in its entirety on Netflix. Well, there you have it. I don't think you and I have ever discussed it beyond, like, the podcast, but the show is great, and you can go... There's plenty of people that you know and love on there over the years. I highly recommend you just... It's a fun interview show. Not as manic as something like the uh, the Eric Andre show over on Adult Swim, but in a similar vein of kind of, like, destroying the the context of, like, what you think of as a talk show uh, and constantly just parroting every element of it. So uh, that's my number three. So right. back to you for your number two. My number two, we're going to stay on Netflix. We're going to stay within right. half-hour episodes. But this is one you can watch with the family. You know, you got kids at home. You got young ones. You want something okay. that makes you laugh and cry and feel things, but, like, it's also got some adventure into it. Um, from the creators of Avatar The Last Airbender, or at least one of them, we've got The Dragon Prince, um, which yes, is... Sir. Just a wonderful show about these human princes that form an unlikely bond with uh, an elf assassin that was actually sent to kill them. Um, and then they have a, a long quest uh, of, of helping bring peace to their realm. Um, a lot of heartstrings that get pulled throughout the course of this series. Um, there's currently three seasons, 27 episodes. Um, it's good, y'all. It's really good. So if you are in the mood for like maybe a kid show but it's got a lot of like adult themes to it that work really well. The Dragon Prince is one that's definitely going to be um, one that you'll enjoy. So that's my number two, The Dragon Prince. All right, so that is the uh, the second time that we've mentioned Avatar The Last Airbender, and I don't think I've personally mentioned it this episode, but do you want to tell everybody about the show that you host in case they're not aware at this point? Sure. Uh, we got a little, a little show um, called Bending Not Breaking, uh, which looks at episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender uh, through different lenses and different, like, cultural lenses. Um, so we, we try to tie it a lot to what's going on in the real world and ways for us to be better humans while using Avatar as a vehicle for that. So if, if that interests you at all, um, head over to Bending Not Breaking 
Um, and that's a, we've got, we're midway through our, uh, or just past midway through our second season. So there's a lot of episodes you can go listen to. Um, and we put out episodes every Tuesday. Yeah. And, uh, as someone who has not watched a single minute of the show itself, I can recommend that you, you can listen to this podcast having not seen the series and still enjoy it and enjoy the banter of, of two awesome hosts for the first season. And then the introduction of the the uber producer mr max gongaware into season two has been fantastic so i love what you guys are doing i still am way behind on the show maybe that should be prime on my list to catch up with but unfortunately it's not streaming anywhere it's not really streaming anywhere it makes it pretty tough what's going on what's Um, going on guys yeah i don't know i I feel honestly i mean you guys are doing fantastic we've mentioned it before but it is kind of the powerhouse of the network at this point and i feel like when it does inevitably pop up on Hulu or Netflix again and is easily accessible for people, you guys are going to see like an, another bump on top of that. I can't imagine where you're going to be once it's back in the consciousness beyond the hardcore fan base who has kept it going, which we've, we've seen has a huge fan base still. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that. I'll, I'll be posting a new episode tonight, actually. We're recording this on a Monday. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a rarity. At noon on a Monday. That never happens for me. <laughs> uh Things certainly have changed. Uh, okay, I'm stalling because I'm, I'm opening my page and we're back. Okay, my number two recommendation. Staying on Netflix. I hope I hope everybody's a Netflix subscriber because we've been very, very one-sided. Um, it's one of my favorite shows in recent memory. It's called Love. There are three seasons. Uh, this is a, a continuation in spirit, if you will, of Freaks and Geeks and Undeclared in terms of its kind of brand of comedy, but bringing it into our current era. Uh, it's co-written by Mr. Paul Rust, who stars as one of the leads, and uh, his love interest is Miss Gillian Jacobs, and it's a kind of a dual narrative of these two people who are in varying points in their life in L.A. Uh, and and find each other. And like most romantic comedy setups, it's not exactly like immediate sparks from the get-go. But it's also not that they like hate each other from the get-go. They are just very unique people, but they are attracted to each other. And the show, long-term, becomes about them navigating their differences and modern dating, etc. It's fantastic. It's filled with those little moments that just feel like somebody went inside your brain and plucked like a personal memory of yours and put it on screen. It's, it's that kind of scary level of detail, um, but it's brilliant. I love it. Uh, it is kind of a, a start-to-finish story. I love the way they left season three. It It is over as far as we know, but I would, I would totally be down for them to come back maybe down the road. Who knows? Uh, but it is kind of a beautiful, self-contained three-act story, if you will, of a relationship. I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. It's called Love, and it's one of my, of my favorite shows. Um, of all time, actually, but definitely of the last few years. Uh, what a treat. And unlike Freaks and Geeks and Undeclared, there are three seasons of it. Three whole seasons. Which is just lovely. Yes. Uh, I could not recommend that show more highly. Um, yeah. So that was my number two. You won't hit me with your number one, man. I'm excited. Do we want to do some honorable mentions first? Things that just didn't make the list before we jump into number ones? Um, we can definitely do that because I have all the confidence in the world that my number one is nowhere near your honorable mention. So go right ahead. Uh, my number one, uh, or my honorable mention, sorry, that I had listed was Atlanta. The only reason uh, I didn't put it on my list is because it just had so many people. Um, but not a lot of people. Like people. Yeah. Like it, like still there, I think there's still people need to catch up to it. It's on Hulu. It's got Donald Glover, um, Childish Gambino. Uh, it's, uh, our boy Lakeith, um, is is in it and it's it's just um really personal uh really dives into some cultural uh commentary that i think is great and it's also just downright funny and so if you haven't watched atlanta it's on hulu go do that um but that's my honorable mention it's Um, gonna be on an extended hiatus uh it, it had already been over a year uh since the previous season but i know its production's been delayed as well I will say, in its absence of it kind of currently being on, I'm inclined to say that Better Call Saul and or Devs are the best shows on television, but since Atlanta is still technically like a third season is impending and season two is just some of the best television I've ever seen, I'm inclined to stick with 
Atlanta's the best show on television. Even though it's not airing right now, it's the best show on television. If you have not seen it, again, Hulu on FX. It's a great, or FX on Hulu, rather. Great time to catch up. And, uh, yeah, just what I I love that you you turn on any given episode of that show and you truly do not know what you're going to see. It has that, that magic quality of, like, anything could happen at any given moment in the show, and I would buy it. And it often does. Uh, yeah. Atlanta's incredible. Great honorable recommendation. Uh, I've got some other ones. Those more fall into, like, just what we're watching currently, which we'll continue to chat about in the coming weeks. Uh, but I, the aforementioned devs, obviously. See Me, which got a shout-out at the top of the episode. Um, what I, I have my current, what I'm keeping track of. Um, I'm currently going back through Mrs. Fletcher, a show I kind of lo- missed out on last year. Uh, it was a little HBO miniseries, uh, if you will. I think it's only seven episodes. Uh, for Mr. Tom Parada, writer of Election, uh, writer of the novel that The Leftovers is based on. Of course, he was involved with the show as well. But it stars Miss Catherine Hahn, who I guess most people would probably know from Step Brothers as the uh, the wife of Adam Scott that's constantly trying to have sex with uh, John C. Riley. She also that, plays that uh, she plays you? the um, the Washington person who's helping with the campaign in uh, Parks and Rec. She's got that role for a season yes, or two. Yes, she is the campaign consultant that lures away uh, Adam Scott. Yes, to yeah. yeah, but you know Catherine on for many things. She's fantastic. She's one of my favorite comedic actresses. And this is her, I mean, I've seen her definitely stretch her wings, if you will, or stretch her legs in uh, Private Lives with uh, Paul Giamatti, which came out two years ago, I think. Uh, Great little movie, which is available on Netflix as well. It's another bonus recommendation. So I I know she has the chops to kind of do anything, and this show definitely lets her stretch her comedic and her dramatic muscles at the same time. Uh, It's basically about a 45-year-old woman who uh, is a, a single mom, she's divorced, and her kid is about to go away to college, so she's about to be an empty nester, and she's kind of rediscovering herself, and in the midst of this, it develops quite the fascination with internet pornography. Uh, that's kind of kind of a hook to the show, it's not 100% what it's about, um, and I'm still kind of navigating what the show is about overall, but it, it has a lot to do with modern sexuality and how pornography has maybe influenced younger generations. Uh, her son is kind of a shithead, is what we're learning. Um, and it doesn't seem to have that much to do with the way that she raised him, because she seems pretty great. But, uh, yeah, so I'm interested to see where it goes. I've got, like, two episodes left. Uh, so, yeah, that's my bonus honorable mention recommendation, Mrs. Fletcher, which is on HBO, if you have it. Okay. Number ones. Number one, hit me right. with it. Kind of a new show. All right. Um, we've talked about it before. It's no joke. It's High Fidelity on Hulu. Uh, yeah, go watch it. It's very we good. We talked about it the last time we got together. We oh, did man. a whole mini review. It's so good. Yeah. Go watch it. It's only you know only 2,000 people, 2,500 have rated it on IMDb, so more people need to see it. And selfishly, I want a second season, so more people need to go yeah, watch it make, so it gets greenlit sure for one. Two people, yeah. Yeah. Go watch High Fidelity. People who it's have so watched good. it, go, go watch it again. Just throw it on in the background, you know, get the, get the streams That's up, what I like to up. do. Yeah, just turn, turn like the, the TV, turn the TV away from your bed and then just stream the show on loop while you're sleeping, yeah. you know? <laughs> that's the way to do it. That's how you that's get people. That's a true fan that's, right how, that's what I do with my Spotify artists. I just pick a new one every night and just Mm-hmm. Turn the volume all the way down, but just constantly stream that band. You know, that's my little way of giving back. That's awesome. It's <laughs> lovely. Uh, my number one. This is, I mean, this is quite the challenge, and I extend it to all of our listenership. I've brought up the show many times before, but when you're, you know, we don't know how much longer this is going to last. We don't know how much longer you'll be in your self-quarantine situations. But when when you think you're you're starting to lose it a little bit, when you when you're you know walking the line, when you're when you're on the edge, I want you to go over to Hulu, and I want you to throw on a little show called Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job, okay? <laughs> I've I've uh, I've never watched them before. I, yeah. I I've asked you to to at least check it out many a time. 
Um, yeah. I've gotten I've gotten several people into it just through sending them isolated clips, but here here's the main reason I'm advocating for it. All told, five seasons of Tim and Eric's Awesome Show, great job, and two seasons of Tim and Eric's Bedtime Stories, which is also available on Hulu, right at a gorgeous 15-hour runtime. So if you're down to just if you if you're on the verge of madness and you want to just kind of get the kick over the edge, I dare you to binge 15 hours straight of Tim and Eric content and see what happens. Just get weird, okay? Just get weird with it, guys. Yeah, um, I can guarantee you, I will not be doing that. <laughs> it, I mean, it is the perfect companion for the descent into madness. So if you find yourself going that way, that's when I think you turn on the show. And you probably fall in love with it. And then if you need a little bit of a palate cleanser, maybe you watch Eric Andre right afterwards. Um, or if you want to just completely destroy whatever's left of your brain. But uh, that that's my number one. Tim and Eric's awesome show. Great job. All right. So now we just we got a bunch of TV shows. If, you, if you've ever been reticent about it or scared off by flipping through on Adult Swim, now's the time to just actually watch an episode in its entirety. See that there is there is structure there. There are recurring bits. There are grand themes across the seasons. You just, you gotta experience it, okay? It's a great show. It's not for everybody, but it's great, okay? All right. Shows galore. Go watch them all, you know? Yeah. Just I, go do that. Those are all of our TV recommendations, but we're not gonna leave you hanging uh, for you movie lovers. Uh, but we should probably take another musical interlude. We did this last time. It worked out pretty well. Do you have a song you've been listening to in in quarantine? Um, one you want to shout out? I think you New recommended it to me. Uh, I listened to the newest single from The Killers, uh, and I've been enjoying that. What is that called? Caution. That is called Caution, and uh, I I wanted I've been wanting to play it on a podcast, and I was gonna save it for a Gavin episode, but you know what? He he's delayed on me twice. Yeah, missed so his chance. It's all good. But this is this is how he pays the price. I'm gonna play the killers right now. This is caution from their forthcoming LP called Imploding the Mirage, which arrives I think late April, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this is the first single. It is called Caution, and uh, I'm only gonna play a, a chunk from the opener. I will encourage everybody to go listen to the song in its entirety because there's a killer. Actually, you know what? We're gonna play a little bit of it here, and I think the closer of this episode is going to be the immaculate Lindsey Buckingham guitar solo at the end of the song. Uh, so look forward to that. But uh, right now, take, take a listen to the first little bit of Caution. Let me introduce you to the featherweight queen. She got Hollywood eyes, but she can't shoot what she sees. Her mama was a dancer, and that's all that she knew. Because when you live in the desert, it's what pretty girls do. you enjoy that again stick around to the end of the episode for uh, some onesie buckingham guitar noodling action solo cool stuff okay we're back it's movie arc time and uh where are we going first you, where, where are you sending our, our streaming viewers oh we're gonna head over to netflix well, it sounds for, like a good place for a movie that a that okay. is near and dear to my heart that i think we've mentioned several times in our in our run of the arc of e um, but I think it, not enough people have seen it, right? Only 10,000 votes on IMDb. Um, this one's normally more of a Halloween-y watch. It takes place on Halloween. Um, but if you're looking for a really kind of dumb yet funny, you know, violent movie, we're talking 2007's Murder Party. Um, okay. Yeah, from uh, Mr. Saulnier. Jeremy Saulnier, a, a network favorite, if you will. That's one of the few directors where you, I, and uh, Gavin all agree that he's he's one of the best guys out there today. 
makes a lot of good flicks. This is his first one. It's definitely got the vibe of like a first flick. Um, underfunded. It is very low budget. It's an hour 19. It's dumb, but it is funny. And honestly, anything with Macon Blair is worth watching, in my opinion. Um, yeah. There, and there's a certain magic to the, the lo-fi aspects of it, um, which create like a great grimy VHS look to it. Like it's something that you just kind of discovered from like a lost 80s bin. Um, but of course it has the modern spin and very metatextual like um, kind of send up of the, of the modern art uh, scene, which is very cool. Uh, I highly recommend that one as well. Murder Party's fantastic movie. Yep. So that's my number five. Okay. Um, again, I did not order them, so this is on the fly. Uh, and I guess I'll go with this one early because I, I did look at IMDb numbers as well. I haven't been quoting them, but I tried to stay on the low end. This one I think has been seen by a, a, a decent amount of people, but it's still maybe under the radar for some. Um, it's a movie called Lock, uh, starring Tom Hardy. Great It was kind movie. of on my brain because it's a single location movie uh somewhat about isolation uh where tom hardy is on the phone for the entire hour and 26 minute runtime something of that nature um it's pretty taut thriller it's great acting exercise shows you how dynamic he is as a performer and a great just uh great screenplay in place and great exercise in tension and just what you can do with uh just how you reshape a narrative you know and the perspective that you tell it from uh, so it's it's a fun, entertaining watch. Uh, manages to go beyond that kind of gimmick equality that maybe you associate with, you know, when I tell you the log line of that, maybe it sounds like, oh, yeah, he's in a car for the whole movie? Like, oh, okay. And it totally works. Uh, highly recommend revisiting it. It's a quick watch, but again, it was on the brain because it's, it's single location. So uh lock can't remember what year it's from off the top of my head but everybody 07? knows tom hardy he's venom right he's venom oh seven maybe is it that far back honestly i think it might be hold on i'm pulling it up now i thought lock was 2010s uh i will gladly check that out though yeah i'm not sure off the top of my head i thought i feel like it's lock further is back. 2013 huh. i uh, was yes. off and that's for mr stephen knight uh who, uh, of course, gave us the one of the best movies of last year, Serenity, starring Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway, <laughs> Jason Clark. <laughs> That's available on HBO right now for anybody who wants to. Did I'm pretty take sure that no journey. one watched that movie, right? Do you haven't seen it seriously? No, I haven't. It is a hundred percent in the so bad it's good co- uh, column. <laughs> Excuse okay, me. Fair enough. It's early in the morning in the <laughs> so bad it's good column. Highly recommend it. Uh, it is not good at all, but it has one of the most baffling uh, twists I've ever seen in a movie, dude. You got to see it. If nobody spoiled it for you, you have to see it, Alex. I know nothing I know about it. Maybe I'll put this. it on. All right, my number four. Um, we are going to head over to Netflix again for my number four. I think we're not heading over there. We're just we're, we're just staying out there. there right? We're just hanging out there right we're now. Just yeah. staying. Yeah. This is a movie that um came out last year nominated for uh, best animated feature um from Ooh. from France it's a little ditty called i lost my body and it's about a it's a story of this man who is in love with a girl simple plot line um and as we're watching his story we are watching a severed hand that has escaped from a lab that's looking for its body the entire time um, so it's got this really interesting dual story arc that's happening at the same time. Um, it's, f- you know, fantastic. It's, you know, a drama, but there's a lot of heart to it. Um, so it's, uh, it's, I'm not going to say it's not heavy. It's not light, but it's not super heavy. Um, but it's really good. Um, it's really good. So I lost my body. Head over to Netflix. Uh, that's right there for you, you know? Still on my list to catch up with. Um, I think I unfortunately only saw one of the animated feature nominees last year, which was Toy Story 4, the movie that actually won it. But I Lost My Body was high on my list to check out, and uh, I guess I need to do that. I will say nothing but great things. It is animated, but probably not one for the kids. Um, 
little little heavier for sure. I mean, you're watching a severed hand kind of run across the city for a, a while. It's uh, and not in like I the Adams family vein. I think there's a certain type of kid that would probably be very totally cool with that and think it was pretty neat. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. at your own discretion. Yeah, I, I suppose. Very. What good. is it rated? Uh, TVMA. I don't know if it really got an MPA one because it never really okay. hit theaters. Well, yeah, over I here. guess you, you keep the kiddies away. It's yeah. TVMA. There you go. There you go. Um, okay. We'll stick on Netflix, of course. Uh, I wanted to do something for the uh, the sports fans in our lives who are who are hurting right now and uh, missing missing their various uh, games and championships and. and Madness is done, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But this one, this one's for the football fans. Okay, it's on Netflix. Uh, it's from 1999, and you know, considered one of the best years for movies ever. And I feel like this one gets really lost in the shuffle. It was kind of mixed when it came out. It's kind of a, maybe a guilty pleasure favorite for me, but I, I firmly stand by the fact that any given Sunday is a great movie. For Mr. Oliver Stone, it's almost three hours long. You can get lost in it. It's going to scratch that football itch, but it's heightened to a, a crazy degree, which is also fun and enjoyable. It's got, like stealth, one of the best Cameron Diaz performances, great late-period Pacino, just a stacked supporting cast, um, kind of the coming-out party for Jamie Foxx, the movie star. Uh, he's fantastic in it as well. And, again, it's, you know, maybe it'll inspire... I, 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 I don't know. It's I mean, football fans hate the movie as well at the same time. I know that is so. Maybe this is a horrible recommendation. It was just on my brain. It does get mixed reviews for sure. Um, but I like it. I, I mean, it's an, it, it's one of those where you're like, is this over the top or is this exactly how it is behind the scenes for in sure. some organizations? Like, I don't know. Uh, but all the all the infighting the jockeying for position between all the staffers and stuff, just uh, the the drug abuse, the are we pushing guys too far, and then that all coupled with, like, the majesty of the game and the mythic quality of it. Um, it all blends together. It's a crazy swirl. And, it, of course, this is right in the... probably the craziest period of his, his like, early 90s, I guess kind of starting with JFK, but then you go through... Natural Born Killers, where things get super wild. You have U-Turn, I think, in like 97, 98. Um, or maybe that's 99 as well. I forget. But anyways, he's going crazy with editing and visuals, and that's usually when Stone is at his best, or at least his most compelling. Um, if you've never seen it, I highly recommend it. And if you've only seen it once, maybe give it another shot. This is a movie I, I like more and more the more times I see it. And it's, a again, because it's so long, it's a total, like, if it's on cable, I'm just going to let it run. But now that it's on Netflix, it might just be a background watch in the next couple days. Uh, but yeah, any given Sunday. That's my number three. Is that what that was? Or four. Four. All right. Yes. Jumping to my number three. We're going to head over to yeah. Prime. Let's head over to Amazon Prime, shall we? Okay. We're going to talk about that. a 2018 underrated gem. Comes from uh, the writers of Raphael Cassell, our castle, and Davi Diggs. From Hamilton, Ooh, we are talking uh, blind spotting uh, from 2018. Uh, y'all, it's uh, it's so good. Um, it's about a man who's on probation who begins to reevaluate his relationship with with his best friend in uh, in a city that feels like he's kind of being left behind. Um, and so, uh, blind spotting is is is. I mean, it's it's heavy. Um, it is good. It is flat out good. Um, and that, you've that also never is... seen anything quite like it with yeah. the way that I, I don't even want to spoil it, but yeah, there's some really cool the way that... wall breaks. Um, there's yes. some like, there's just some, it's, uh, it's very stylized. It's just good. Um, but it's not, it's not lighthearted. If you are not looking to be kind of, you know, filled or kind of talked about your, uh, your own biases and emotional balance, like you got to be ready to kind of watch this movie. It's not one that you're just going to throw on. Um, and not be challenged by so. Um, blind spotting is my is my pick for my number three. Absolutely, uh, highly recommended as well. Again, I tried to stay on the lighter side for the most part, so maybe you go watch some of my TV picks after you're finished with that one, because you're gonna need a palate cleanser for sure. Um, okay, we can stay on Prime adjacent. 
I have an HBO pick. This might, people might be a little angry, but I assume a lot of people have HBO. Maybe you're following Westworld right now. Uh, go check out their movies. They, they got some good stuff. They have a little hidden gem. This is a personal favorite of mine. I think I've brought it up on multiple shows before. Uh, it's from the great David Wayne, uh, Mr. Wet Hot American Summer himself. Features a lot of Wet Hot alums. It's called They Came Together, starring Mr. Paul Rudd and Miss Amy Poehler. Um, you've watched this, correct? I have not. You have never seen They Came Together. I have not, which is surprising. Well, let me sell you, sir. Um, it is essentially, it's the best romantic comedy parody ever, just flat out. Love it every time I go back to it. It, it specifically, I mean, it hits a few key ones like you've got mail, uh, Jerry Maguire elements are, are baked in there, um, I, I don't want to spoil them for you because you're you're familiar with enough of the movies that it's going to be touching on. And it's really playing with a lot of the classics, but also sends up the tropes of just like everything that got recycled over and over again through most of the 2000s. And it's just, it's that great David Wayne, like Michael Ian Black, Show Walter, like brand of humor. That whole cluster of comedians and everything, which I think just, you got to you got to kind of you got to know what you're getting into with them because I exactly. think that, like it's if you're not, not in love it, with it is like, the kind of movie hot. that some people might watch and think this is not funny at all this is not working for me but it is so subversive and fun in the way that it plays with all of those tropes. Uh, Bill Hader's in there as well. Um, did crazy cast Christopher Maloney, Ellie Kemper, Kobe uh, Co- Smolders, Jason Mraz, Michael Ian yes. Black. Uh, I yeah I was not aware that you had not seen this one. No. You were about to fall in love. Let me know right after you watch it. It's oh. on HBO. It's called They Came Together. What a a comedy gem! It's honestly one of my favorite comedies of the last decade. If we were doing that, Michael list, Shannon's uh, in this movie. How is he in everything? Mike, dude, I I didn't want to ruin the Shannon cameo for you, but it is it is glorious. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait for you to watch this. I totally thought you had seen this movie. No, okay. never. I'm excited. Glad I could hit you with one that was off your radar. Perfect. All right, we jump right. in number two. Number two. Uh, I believe we are number two. We're gonna go back to another little uh, gem from Donald Glover. Um, if you are aware of his Derek comedy days, this might be a movie you're aware of, but it seems like it's flown under the radar, which is tragic. We're talking about 2009. Mystery, Mystery Team, Team, which is on Hulu yeah. right now. So if you got Hulu, you've got access to Mystery Team. I um, have already rewatched it twice since they <laughs> added this uh, a couple months ago. Which is, it's um, just, um, it's it's another perfect example, similar to See Me, where it is it is dumb, but it is so smart in the way that it, it is dumb. Um, so the comedy's there, and it's just over the top. Um, it brilliantly written, uh, brilliantly performed. Uh, one of the one of the peaks, honestly, for me, for for Donald Glover uh, and the team that he got to work with, and it's a uh, it's it's a it has got a uh, honestly it's got a massive cast. It's another movie that's like Aubrey Plaza's that's in er, it. Early Aubrey Plaza, yeah. Um, some people Bobby might know Moynihan. DC Pearson's Bobby Moynihan, uh, Moynihan before uh, Matt Walsh shows up. Uh, Ellie Kemper's in that movie as well, which is um. Oh my God! Yeah, Matt Walsh is the. Uh... Uh, he's gonna do a goof later. He's gonna shit in the punch bowl. That's right. right. That's him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. So uh, again, just a, a really solid cast, uh, and uh, a lot of people you'll recognize, even if you don't know the names of them. Um, so totally worth watching. But yeah, the uh, great flick, quick, easy, mindless, um, but totally worth checking out on Hulu. Mystery Team, two thousand nine. One one of the best final jokes in any movie ever. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. Always uh, brings the brings the tears of laughter. Uh, okay, <laughs> my number two. This is straight up. You need an escape. You need to get out of your head. You need to experience just straight joy for like an hour and a half. I got you covered. It's on Netflix. It's called Lupin the Third, the Castle of Cagliostro. Okay, this is the first feature length film for Mr. Hayao Miyazaki. Um, need I say more? Hopefully you're familiar with Studio Ghibli, their other output, etc. Lupin the Third is a pre-existing character, so he was kind of, you know, dipping into this world, but he brings his own unique style to it. It is action-packed, 
it's fun, it's adventurous, it's got a jazzy, awesome score. Um, it's just this is one's great for the kids as well. You can you can throw it on for them. It's a, maybe a little more maybe you want like seven and above watching this. It's a little more dangerous and action packed than your average kid fair, but bright, colorful, boundless imagination, and again moments where you're just like jaw on the floor, like what just a total blast of a movie. I don't want to say anything more than that other than go watch it. And then if you want to continue the experience, uh, go check out Blank Check, a podcast I've advocated for that does not need any help at all. Uh, they just came up on their fifth anniversary, actually, that they have a lovely miniseries on the films of Hayao Miyazaki, which I highly recommend. Uh, but yeah, Lupin the Third, The Castle of Cagliostro, uh, go check it out. I assume you have not seen that one, my friend. I have not. Out of all the Miyazaki's I have seen, that has been one that I have not, so totally it, worth. It is seriously, like, in my top three. And again, be, because it is, he's adapting a property, and he's got to, you know, respect certain of the tenets of the character. Um, he, you know, it's not it's not fully formed Miyazaki completely from his brain, but you, you'll see what I mean. It is still an absolute blast. Highly recommend it. Just a great action-adventure story. Um, okay, your number one, sir. Uh, I got an honorable, yeah, honorable mention. Let's do honorable mentions. Um, Go for it. The reason this is in my honorable mentions because it might be a little too heavy. Uh, that being said, that hadn't stopped me on any other account. Um, one of the better movies of last year. Um, a movie about an unlikely friendship between two misfit neighbors who uh, go on an unexpected emotional journey. When a younger man is diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh, Paddleton. Uh, oh, Paddleton. Paddleton is so good. It is on You're Netflix. really, like... Dude, if anybody's on the edge, I feel like some of your picks might, uh, <laughs> might push them off the cliff, man. I, man some of these are very I, heavy. I think it very is heavy. important to feel your feelings. Um, I 100% agree and, with you, and, and I am often... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, but I—that's I, why it's an honorable mention. If you feel like you are emotionally ready to watch Paddleton, uh, that is the one. It, it's great. It's a uh, hour thirty, um, but that's my honorable mention. Paddleton with Mark Duplass and Ray Romano, um, totally worth your time. Awesome pick. Um, I I don't really have a particular honorable mention. I ju- I just got my number one, uh, which I I can go ahead and give you, and then you can give me your number. one. Sounds flip it. Sounds perfect. Okay, it's very simple. Um, everybody's everybody's already seen this one a billion times. This definitely breaks the rule of like, hey, we're trying to give lesser seen picks. It's on Netflix. It's called The Shawshank Redemption. Okay, maybe you've heard of it. I have possibly never heard of it. But <laughs> I just I can't think of a better movie for our our current situation than a movie about a man who through circumstances beyond his control finds himself trapped in a place for a very long period of time watches a lot of people die around him uh, but eventually he does get to go free and gets to go hang out with his friend on a beach and isn't that what we all want to aspire to right now yeah I think so I think that's accurate Okay. so yeah keep hope alive uh, you know they can never take that away from you uh, get busy living or get busy dying uh, that whole thing. Go watch Shawshank for the billionth time. Uh, have an emotional catharsis, and then remember that it's all going to be okay eventually, right? Yeah, yeah, right, absolutely, right, Alex, absolutely, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, uh, my number one. Yeah, so a total, a total cheat. And again, I assume most people listening are aware of that film. If there is some random person who's never seen it, I would love to get an email from you and just tell me what you thought of it because I feel like. Those people are rarer and rarer to find these days. Absolutely, you're like under the age of five. So, go ahead. All right, with it. My number one is what was the best movie of 2019 that uh, nobody watched, that nobody saw. Um, it got no recognition uh, at the Academy Awards, um, which was a, a damn shame. Uh, you can find it on Amazon Prime. It is the Last Black Man in San Francisco. Fantastic choice. Um, a young man searches for his home uh, with his buddy in the in the city that is. Um, it's it's an, it's another San Francisco movie about uh, a city that's changing. Um, or I guess it's really Oakland. Um, uh, but the last black man in San Francisco, I think, is uh, just honestly just some of the most raw performances that you'll find. Um, 
both from uh, Jimmy Falls and, and Jonathan Majors. Uh, it's good, y'all. The fact that the fact that Jonathan Majors was pretty much universally ignored for that supporting performance is one of the bigger cinematic crimes of last year. Yeah, um, dude, I bawled. I bawled like a baby uh, at moments of this movie, and it's just uh, it it is one of the most gorgeous movies that I've ever seen. Um, totally worth watching. Yes, visually speaking and emotionally speaking, like just the storytelling, the vibe of it is just, yeah, it's beautiful. Yep. So, it. so that's uh, again, I didn't have go, go watch all the fun, fun, lighthearted picks with Noah's television and, uh, and movies. And then if you're, if you're ready for a more emotional, uh, deep dive for yourself, Go check out the list that I had. So the last black man in San Francisco is mine. Yeah, number I think one. this naturally worked out really well. Like, yeah, you brought the feels. I tried to bring the laughs for the most part, um, minus a few select picks in there. But uh, I, I was gonna save this for. I was gonna do it at the top of the episode, and then we decided to do movies second. So I do have a PSA that I feel like I've got to issue to our listeners. Okay. Um, I don't often do this. We like to keep things pretty positive on the podcast, you know? We don't like to go out of our way to shit on a movie. But I do need to know something. Okay. Have have you have you caught up or did you see in the moment cuz I forget. Did did you see Black Christmas last year? <laughs> no, I did not. Um, but honestly, uh, uh- Still kind of want to, even though uh, I know it probably was terrible. Even after what I'm about to tell you? Well, I mean, we'll see, but, you know, I've... I, it, it is, there's no way it's worse than the first remake of that movie. Um, In its own special way, maybe it is. I don't know. God, there's no way, man. I haven't seen Black Xmas in a while, but I will tell you, this is one of the worst movies that I have sat through start to finish in recent memory. Um, Doesn't it have poots? It does have poots, man. <laughs> and even even Imogen could not save this thing for me. And I also, again, kind of feel bad going out of my way to say that a movie that is very in its marketing and in its storytelling and everything is very, like, female empowerment-centric and, like, a very, like, you know, positive story for women and is trying to tackle a lot of, like, sensitive issues. Um I think it handles them with the subtlety of like a fucking lead balloon. Um, <laughs> it's a three point two on bad. IMDb. The, the movies don't get that low. I think the performances are bad. It's not scary, and more importantly, my my biggest grudge against it. If it was called anything else, I would have let this movie slide. It would have been totally fine. But the fact that they marketed this as a a reimagining or a reboot of Black Christmas, which is one of the five best horror movies ever made, ever committed to celluloid. Okay? We want to be clear. This is the 1974 movie, Black yes. Christmas. Not, Not Black Xmas <laughs> from 2000-whatever. I don't give a shit. Okay? What is what is it with them taking some of my favorite actresses and putting them in remakes of Black Christmas and it never being good? And it not working? Because <laughs> yeah. I love um, Imogen Poots. I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Why aren't these movies better? Yeah, I would argue. Here's the weird thing. I would argue Xmas actually has a better cast, and even if the even if the movies had maybe flopped cast, they would each be individually more successful. But I I want to prepare you. Yes, uh, this is one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. But I sat through the whole thing, and I was one of those where I was like, well, it can't like, it can't like totally turn the corner but maybe it can redeem itself a little bit and then it just takes a hard left turn towards the end alex well because there are supernatural there are supernatural elements to this black christmas remake well they show you that in the trailer like stones that move and things and like there's voodoo dolls or like i don't know but it's it is not good. To be but fair, I it does have a lower score on IMDb than Black Xmas does, and Black S. I think it is. I is think it is worse. Terrible. The ways the ways in which it fails uh, is what we need to discuss at some point. So this is this is a PSA that I think you should just like pretend it didn't happen because it's only going to make you angry if you're a fan of the original. But it's got but pooch. If you are, if you are so inclined, 
Um, check it out, and at some point on a future episode, I'm sure at the very least off mic, you and I will have a rant about it. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna. That's a, a hard, a hard pass on the new Black Christmas, which I caught up with. I also, I finally caught Jojo Rabbit. I didn't tell you that. We can end on a positive note. Oh, what'd you think? So, I enjoyed it. I, I, the fact I, that you aren't in love with that movie means that you're already wrong in your review. Okay. Um, yeah, but maybe, maybe we need a whole other podcast to get into this. I thought the movie was very good. Um, I struggled with, with some things in it. Um, maybe just like structure and, and narrative and storytelling pace. Uh, t- tone, I thought it navigated fairly well. But uh, I did. I had. I had some quibbles. I got to be honest. So I. I would say I thought it was a. A very good movie, but maybe not a great movie in my opinion. I hate to quibble uh, with you, Noah. <laughs> but you're wrong. Okay, and that's to- that's totally fair. I. I'm glad you enjoyed it. A, I enjoyed it as well. It's a real nine just, out of ten. I. It's more like a seven point five or an oh, eight for me. False. Personally. All right. Well. False. We need to end this podcast before I get mad at you. I I tell you what I did love. I loved his little buddy. I thought he was great. <laughs> it's a bad time to be a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Probably my favorite probably my favorite throwaway joke though. Someone's gotta walk the clones. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is good. Uh, uh and if you are not There's like- a lot of charming stuff in there. No, I just uh, you and I can get into it off mic. That this would seriously turn into like a fifteen minute discussion. So maybe we end the episode and then you and I can talk about it for a little bit. Uh but I still recommend it's still it. Still a Monday. I've got actual work I have to do today. Oh okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh but yes, so we we will let you get back to work. I am in self quarantine today. I don't know if I'm going back to work anytime soon. I was told not to come in today. Hopefully we are open for the rest of this week. But uh, if not, you're going to hear a lot more podcasts, so that's good for you guys, I guess, even if it's a little scary for me. We'll talk about that uh, and other uh, coronavirus-related situations on future episodes. But uh, for right now, we're all doing good, right? You're good? Good checkup? Um, we didn't do that at the beginning of the episode? Yeah, I'm good. I'm right? good. Yeah, we're just okay. uh, continuing to work and um, working from home and, and doing every cam- uh, everything we can to kind of support the community around us love on people y'all just uh make sure that you're reaching out to your loved ones um and make sure you're doing your not, part to, not physically no, reaching out no but emotionally do your part to make sure that you are taking care yes. of yourself and the people that you don't even know in your community um but it's a it's a time for us to just be there for one another so do that absolutely um and not to piggyback on that which was a lovely sentiment but if you'd like to be there for us as well um you know most of the network is still able to work right now we're all we're all in good shape we're a small staff we're all good uh but if you would like to support the network the archive.com or excuse me patreon.com slash the archive uh where you can donate uh we got some bonus episodes access to exclusive uh content in general for as little as a dollar a month you can do that uh, but really bigger for us right now, uh, we've mentioned this on previous episodes, we are trying to become a Rotten Tomatoes certified review outlet, uh, get the network some some prestige, some profesh uh, accommodations, if you will. Uh, one of the ways that we can do that is you guys got to go over to iTunes, unfortunately, because they're not on the, pod- or the Spotify train yet, but if you head over to iTunes or the podcast app, and rate uh, the podcast you're listening to, the Archive Podcast. Uh, give us give us five stars. You don't even have to do a full on review. You can just click the little click the five stars. But once we hit 200 ratings, uh, that that's one of the hurdles we have to get over to basically mark off the checklist that will allow us to eventually become like a legit reviews outlet and you know do even more stuff for you guys. So we appreciate the support uh, if you are so inclined and. You can also leave us a review based on this episode. Hopefully you guys are enjoying Mayfield joining us uh, more regularly. Again, we'll say stay tuned for uh, Bending Not Breaking. If you're not subscribed, head over to that feed. You'll have a new episode tomorrow, uh, depending on when you're hearing this. But yeah, new episodes every Tuesday. And we're going to keep Archive Podcast headed to you for uh, the foreseeable future for as long as we can continue to record. So uh, yeah, that is that for the time being. I have been Noah. I want to thank my special guest. Special guest. Thank you. <laughs> Mr. Sunshine Mayfield. Uh, yeah. 
this is where you where you say your name. I don't know. We never plan these things out. I'm just going to let you introduce. We me never and, do. And, it's and, awkward yeah. over the phone. Yeah, it's really just, awkward over the phone. You can tell. We'll, we'll just say, "Hey, we enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Uh, hope you got some good recommendations. Uh, and if you have any for us, uh, let us know. The at gmail.com. Until next time, uh, I this I've been Noah, and I've been Sunshine. <laughs> there we go. I did it. Okay. Uh, yep, you did it. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Okay, goodbye. Oh,